Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Why don't you grab a seat? I just want to talk with you for just a few brief minutes tonight. I know that so many of you are not in a rush to get home, but you're ready to get home. Because some of you are Scandinavian by tradition. And you know why Scandinavians open uh, presents on Christmas Eve? Because we're Vikings and we do whatever we want. (laughs) We just take it. Just take those presents. Some of you wish you were Norwegian now, probably Scandinavian. Swedish, eh, maybe. Ooh, really? Nita, no, you're confused. (laughs) I want us to read together from the Word of God tonight, and it's a long tradition for us to share Luke 22. We're going to put it up on the screen. Luke, sorry, Luke 2. (laughs) And uh, we're going to read these verses together, and then I want to just share a story with you tonight to encourage you. All right, let's see if we can do this together. Okay, church family, we're going to start lighting candles. Don't worry, these candles burn for an hour, so nobody's hand will catch on fire like the guys in the video. But let's try to read this together. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. We keeping up? All right. Now, do this with me, church. I know you're lighting candles, but it sure feels like I'm saying this alone. Or our translation's not lining up. It's a lot of focus on those. Okay, well, if you can read, read. Because we're a family, and we're going to read the Christmas story together on Christmas Eve. Because we're a family, and Dad said we're going to read the Christmas story together. And light candles at the same time. What could go wrong? Verse 4. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was his... and was pregnant. (laughs) We're reading from different translations. I'm sorry. Uh, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. That's not going to work. All right. I'm turning around to go with you. All right. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in claws and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. 
When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Well, thank you for doing that. So Merry Christmas. Well, we're slowly getting better. I don't know if the last couple of years of COVID or something ruined all of you for this, but you know, we do. I guess some people in our world today don't even want to hear it, but we're going to say it. We're proud. Um, and so I want to share with you a story. Now, kids, I want you to know this isn't a true story. This isn't in the Bible. But this is a story that, if you can imagine with me tonight, might have happened. It's a story from a perspective of just one of the ordinary angels who was called into service that night. And so you're going to have to put on your imagination caps. Adults, you especially, you're going to have to put on your imagination caps. And just imagine with me tonight what it might have been like from the perspective of this angel who has no name, who we don't know anything special about. Here's his story. Main Hall at our Angel Academy was rustling with the thousands of young wings as students waited for the guest speaker who would bring them the Christmas lecture. It was always a well-known Academy alumnus. The headmaster came and delivered a flowery introduction, praising the speaker for his service at Bethlehem and standing guard at the empty tomb. On and on he went. Finally, he motioned to the speaker and nervously an angel cleared his throat and then began. Uh, thank you, Headmaster, for that very gracious introduction. But really, all the glory should go to our God, not to one of his servants. Nonetheless, young angels, I have a great story to tell you about his glory. I know you've all studied about it in your classes, but I want you to hear it from an eyewitness because I was there. It began when I was a junior away from the academy on an internship with my mentor, Angel. Suddenly, my mentor was summoned to travel by swift flight to a dark hillside just a mile or so south of Bethlehem, and I had to come along. The hillside was perfectly still, except for a few sheep moving about on the ground below us and some shepherds talking quietly. But when we got there, we all just had to wait in darkness. Glory off. Glory off is what we say when we're not shining like angels shine. Someone over to my left was giving instructions. And as they whispered, I slowly began to understand. He was saying, everyone, arrange yourselves in ranks of 100s. The shortest in front, the tallest in the rear. And shh, quietly, you do not want to mess up what God has planned for this occasion. Actually, I was far too young to even be at such an important event. But my mentor motioned me to get into place in the very front row, and then he put his fingers over his lips as if to remind me that I needed to remain silent. Shh. And then Gabriel came out. Even in those days, Gabriel was super famous. Because of his work with Daniel many centuries before, and then it began. Gabriel went from totally glory off to full glory. 
in a split second. The effect was absolutely stunning. You can imagine total dark, just the starlight, and a little bit of moonlight off of the sheep to full glory. He stood at full height, huge and shining in all of heaven's glory. And those poor shepherds, they looked like they had been struck with lightning. The official account reads as follows. The glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. Let me tell you, my young angel friends, that was an understatement. Those shepherds thought that the end of the world has come. It took Gabriel several minutes just to calm them down. Gabriel took several minutes to calm them down. You know, humans have this thing called an iris in their eyes. And in the dark, the iris gets quite large to let more light into the ocular nerve at the back of the eyeball. And then when a bright light suddenly comes on, it causes them a lot of pain because so much light hits them at once. And I think that's maybe what happened to all those shepherds. We were all standing silently in our ranks, glory off for that moment, when Gabriel began to speak, and he said, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. At first, I really didn't know what was going on. We were all straining to hear. And then I realized what all the hubbub in heaven was about the last few weeks. God's Son was coming to earth. And not in all his regal splendor, but as a tiny and insignificant human child. My dear angels, he went through all the compression and the rigors and indignity of human birth. God's son of all people. And that manger part, you really need to understand. You'd expect the son of God to come in a palace like for a king. But no. And all of our Father's wisdom, his son was born as the humblest of the humble. Not even in a house, but in a stable. You don't find mangers in king's houses, only in barns. And I could see that that really puzzled the shepherds too. But now it was our time. The conductor tapped his baton on a rock to get our attention. He lifted his arms, and at the downstroke, Tens of thousands of us angels went full glory all at once. Instantly, the hillside was flooded with brilliance and light like a thousand bolts of lightning. The hills rang as we sang at the top of our voices, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. The words were really simple. But that song went on for minutes and minutes, the lines repeating as the melody carried those wonderful words of praise like a giant waterfall. It began high, high up with the sopranos and their shrill lines. Then the altos would join and the tenors would pick it up and finally down to the great bass angel voices of heaven, all in glorious harmony. When it was finally over, our conductor motioned for dim, and gradually, we all turned down the glory until it went off completely and was once again dark all around. Those poor shepherds, they were stunned, unable to speak. They just stood there stuttering and shaking and looking at each other with wide eyes. Finally, the boldest of them said, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go find that manger and that baby 
He scrambled up and he began to run pell-mell down the hillsides into the town below, followed by the rest of the ragtag band. In that meantime, the mentor angel motioned for me to come with him. He had been designated as the witness angel. We got there just before the first shepherd peered into the door. A low lamp was burning, and there was a manger and a cattle trough. And it was in there that I saw the tiniest human child, all wrapped up snug, and his mother was there. Well, you guys have seen Mary around heaven. Of course, she was looking over the sleeping baby, clearly exhausted from her ordeal, but the warmth of her smile beaming. And behind her, her husband Joseph on his feet with a staff in his hand, standing guard over the child like the proudest man could stand. When the shepherds entered the stable, you could see him raise his staff. But as the shepherds explained what they had seen and began to kneel around the major, Joseph seemed to relax. Mary asked the shepherds to tell her again what they had seen. As they recounted the glory on the hillside and Gabriel's message, I could see her smile and her head nod. She said nothing, but I could see it all in her shining eyes. Yes, she was thinking. It was just as Gabriel had told her when it began nine months before. Yes, it was true. And it was all worth the struggle and shame and uncertainty and hardship. All that was past. And all that agony that was yet to come, she was okay because in that moment, she knew that God's child, God's love for a desperate world had finally come. Eventually, the shepherds bowed low and then one by one got up and left the barn after paying their respects to Mary and Joseph. And the little Christ child just slept through all of it. Before I'm finished today, my angel fellows, I need to set the record straight. You've doubtless seen many reenactments with angels hovering near the ceiling of a stable, and it wasn't that way at all. Oh, we were there all right as witnesses, but we were actually invisible. The angels on the hillside were visible, but not in the stable. My mentor and I were set for glory off for now. All the glory in that stable shone from that child who would someday save his people from their sins. And for him, for him, it was always glory on. As one of his followers wrote later, we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Can you imagine what it might have been like I've never really stopped to think about what it would be like from the perspective of a servant of heaven, an angel, a ministering spirit, what it would be like to be called up to duty on that night. And as I read this story and decided I'm going to share this with our family tonight, because I realized it captured something maybe we don't always think about. We've been talking about a light will shine for the last few weeks at church. And this glory is that light we're talking about. And we've said it again and again and over and over, and we're going to continue to say it again and again. Because we have seen the glory of Jesus, the glory of the only begotten of our Father in heaven, full of grace and truth. Those shepherds came for the purpose of worship. 
I don't know if Joseph and Mary knew it, but I suppose they came for worship as well. And the wise men that followed later on, they came for worship too. And maybe tonight you'll just consider this as our closing thought. We're living in a world that is daily becoming more focused on self. Self-care, self-need, my desire, my wants. People have eyes to honor only things that they deem worthy of honor in this day. And the church more than ever needs to live and to gather to worship Jesus. Because I think some of the magic of Christmas, and I don't mean spiritual magic, I'm talking about the ignition of the human soul. I think some of that glory, some of the wonder of Christmas, it just needs to come back to Jesus. We say things like Christ is the reason for Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. And I know that we believe that. But I really think this. And I really want you to think about this. Maybe if you're sitting tonight and you feel like as you've aged, that the wonder, the mystery, that thing that used to move your soul about this season, that it's kind of dimmed and gone away. And I just point out to you something. I found this very profound when I came across it. Those wise men and those shepherds came to worship someone who could do nothing for them. I mean, just think about it. They came to worship a baby who could do nothing for himself at that moment, who could do nothing for them at that moment. They came to worship because all of the authority of heaven said, that child is special. That child is worthy. That child is holy and significant. And I just think that maybe if we bring our hearts to that place once again, that maybe some of the magic, if we can call it that, of Christmas will not only return to our hearts, but the hearts of those who are in our families and those that we have friendship and relationship with. And, and maybe, just maybe, maybe it'll spread to our city our region, our province, our nation. He's worthy not because of what He's done, but because of who He is. And who He is at the cross is the same who He is when He was born in that manger. And who He is today, seated at the right hand of the Father, preparing a place for you and I, making intercession for us. He's still the same. He still is worthy. We're going to sing one last song together before we go tonight. And you probably can guess what it is. So Father in heaven, we thank you so much tonight for your presence in this place. And Lord, as we wonder at the mystery of why on earth you would send such a precious gift for us, while we wonder about it, God, we also choose to be filled with gratitude for it. Lord, we thank you for the birth of Jesus, for his sinless life, for the many miracles that he performed that are recorded and even those unrecorded. Lord, we thank you for his 
sacrifice and his death at the cross. And Lord, even more than that, we're thankful that on the third day you raised him from the dead. And Lord, we thank you today that you haven't abandoned us and you haven't abandoned this world. That you have left your Holy Spirit with us and in us to guide us, to bring to our remembrance all that Jesus taught. And so, Father, my prayer for us as a church family and the extended family that's joined us here tonight is that in this season, Lord, as your light shines still to this day, that as we bend, as we yield our hearts to you, that we would reflect that glory just a little more every day as we become more like you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.